You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast on the Cleveland Browns. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, guys, uh, thanks to the good Lord of the Internet, guys, you are going to get a two-porter on your Freddie Kitchens hiring. Um, there were some things we want to close with. Um, now, look, uh, you know, obviously, offensive side of the ball, you would like Bob Wiley to stick around. You would like Adam Henry to stick around. All good with those types of things. Um, you know, obviously, you know, like Pete said, and you want to talk about that that crazy Andrew Luck, you know, general, whatever. If anybody deserves one of those Twitter pages, it's a guy like Bob Wiley. Um, Henry in the receiving core, uh, Rashard Higgins coming into his own. Antonio Callaway, who went from a, yikes, this draft pick is crazy, you know, from off-field stuff, from the fact he hadn't played a lot of ball. And, you know, he was a guy just turned 22 years old today, Antonio Callaway, who put together a pretty successful rookie year. There were games where he looked phenomenal. Obviously, there were games where he wasn't part of the big, big part of the game plan, but put together a nice stretch in a rookie year. Those guys should be sticking around. Obviously, you got uh, Lindley as well, who was brought over to, uh, you know, basically to cover for Freddie as Freddie got escalated. Guys like that, um, I, I think you'll see as much as the offense stay in place. The defense is where it's going to be a little bit different. And like we said, we told you here in the first part of this episode, it's not going to be a hard sell. It's just not going to be a hard sell. But uh, offensive coaches here, Pete. And guys, we're also going to, we're going to get you your quarterback review here in with this one as well. Go ahead, Pete. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Say that again? No, uh, uh, keeping most of the offensive staff in place. Um, so... I, 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 I really hope Adam Henry's retained. Um, my bet is that Ryan Lindley's going to get moved to quarterback coach. Um, I think Ken Zampezi may get away. Uh, I think Bob Wiley's going to stick around because where, where the hell else is he going to go? Bob doesn't um, look like a guy I'd want to move anyway. Packing and nah, I don't think he's interested. Um, so at that point, it becomes replacing the running backs coach. Um, and and getting you know a, 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 probably another offensive assistant to be you know your your coordinator at that point whether that's Stefanski or or somebody else like that but yeah I mean they don't have to do a lot of big changes there it's they could you know if Wiley decides look the ankle was enough I want to go fly my plane drive my super expensive car and do other Bob Wiley things then. You know, you could see where where he he uh, time to move on. But Adam Henry was was great. Um, if he has a good relationship with with Kitchens, you know that'd be a good good situation to to keep the same. Um, you know, like I said, I think and I think he likes Lindley quite a bit. Maybe not enough to be a coordinator, but uh, you know that quarterbacks is really what he does. It, maybe. Maybe it's possible that they keep Zampezi and, and just have Lindley do running backs, but that would be my my early early guess is Zampezi sort of the odd man out. Not necessarily because you know one side doesn't like the other, but Zampezi may just like other opportunities elsewhere. Huge huge possibility with that, um, guys. Again here, uh, you know, good day. Look, I mean, uh, they played the process out, and you know, in, in like we mentioned here in the first one is. You because know, a lot of it, you know, and all the naysayers will are, are we living too much in the now moment with Freddie Kitchens? That's why you spend the ten days and you do seven head coach interviews and you cross your T's and you dot your I's and you meet with Stefanski, who a guy apparently John Dorsey had a lot of interest in bringing in as the offensive coordinator for the 2018 season. And yes, you went and did. And look, I, I guess we're going to say now it was a head coaching interview. I, I, I guess it was, and they wanted to make sure. 
But at the end of the day, they felt that the guy who was in the building was the best man for the job. So, you know, he's going to stay. And like we said, if it works with six, it should be it should work for what's best for the other 52 on their roster. Uh, with that being said, we'll transition over here. Um, you know, obviously we'll start with the way the season started. Uh, you know, look, the Tyrod Taylor trade, I you know, you can't complain about it. You had to have rookie quarterback protection. You did. Um, was Baker ready to go week one? Absolutely. Baker was ready to go the day you drafted him. There's no doubt about that. If it took two and a half games to finally get him in, be that as it may, but, you know, Tyrod Taylor, uh, you know, obviously he, he he won't be back. I don't see any way he's going to be back. You know, he'll move on. And look, I mean, this is what Tyrod Taylor does. Just, you know, keep moving on down the street to the next gig, whether it's a one or two year stop. But, you know, Tyrod Taylor, it, 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 it wasn't terrible. Um, you just saw that you, you just saw that there, there were things that were left on the field once you saw Baker Mayfield. You know, Tyrod Taylor, we had talked to, you know, Bill's guys, and, and what did they kind of tell us? Let him run around. Make him throw the ball. And you know, drop seven. Drop eight. Make him have to throw the ball to beat you. And then that's when you saw the instances where Tyrod Taylor could hurt you, whether it was the big interception late in the, in the Saints game, whether it was running into two coverage sacks uh, into uh, T.J. Watt from Pittsburgh in week one. Things of that nature, and it, it, it was obvious, it was evident once you, you got six in. But Tyrod Taylor, uh, you know, short stint here, uh, gave up a pick for him. Yeah, whatever. You know, at the end of the day, it's tough. You don't want to lose the pick, but you had to do it. You had to have insurance. Uh, thoughts on Tyrod Taylor? Um, phenomenal human being. Uh, great teammate. Played Lamar uh, Jackson in Week Seventeen. I mean, you know, I mean, he could have told everybody, you know what? Take it. I eat. find somebody else to do it. You got a seventh or eighth wide receiver around here who can do it. Right. And, and look, he wanted to go uh, during the season. Wasn't, you know, making a show of it or anything, but it was hoping he would get traded. Uh, that doesn't make him a bad guy. It makes him somebody who wants to play on the field. I, I get that. Um, and the fact he didn't make himself a distraction. Great. Um, he was phenomenal with fans, kids, whatever. He did the whole thing. Uh, was gracious and, and did everything like that. Like if he was a good player, for the Browns, uh, he's been a good player before that. He he will probably be a good player again. That's the that's the Hugh Jackson effect. Um, if he were a good player in Cleveland, I think he would have been absolutely adored because he's such a, a a good human off the field and all that stuff. Like he does everything you want him to do, uh, active charity stuff, all, all those things. Tyrod Taylor is everything you could want. Um, he just ran into a buzzsaw that happens to be named Baker Mayfield and, 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 and arguably an even worse one in Hugh Jackson that just kills quarterbacks. Um, you know, I, I hope nothing for the best, uh, nothing but the best for him. Um, it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him because he's entering sort of a weird quarterback market in that like a lot of teams are sort of moving on from this veteran and there's this guy who's just here um, the one team that sneaky stands out to me for Tyrod Taylor is Tennessee. Um, and it's, you know, it's probably not the ideal circumstance what he wants, but with the amount of injuries Mariota has, and if they're not sure they want to commit and all that stuff, he's a guy who could go into that situation with those backs, with that offensive line, move the ball, and then, you know, be effective, you know, certainly not Blaine Gabbert. And, and there could be, you know, a potential job there. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think he wants to be a bridge where, you know, it's clearly what's going to happen. Now, certainly if 
you know, if that's the best option and they're going to give him a big old check, I'm sure he'll take it. But I, I think in terms of a potential competitive option for him where he could conceivably take a job, Tennessee's the one that sort of stands out to me. Um, that's interesting. You know, Jacksonville's one. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Joe Flacco was another name here of a guy who can somehow, some way, be involved somewhere in, in one of these gigs as well. Um, guys, the uh, Locked On Bills, uh, Joe Marino, a lot of you guys know, over the Draft Network, uh, part of the host of Draft Dudes. Uh, Joe is now a 100% football-only guy. So what do you do? Uh, stuck some more on the plate. Locked On Bills, now hosted by Joe Marino. Joe is a lifelong Bills fan. Uh, I, Joe crushes pretty much everything he puts his mind to and gives everything 110% of his effort. So Locked On Bills, guys. Uh, if you got anything Bills content-wise, Joe Marino is going to do a fantastic job over there. I, I can I can guarantee you this. All right. Uh, now, obviously, Drew Stanton uh, and Pete. It, it came from you right off the bat when you were out in training camp. Uh, you know, some days didn't even bother to dress for practice. But we had talked about this all off season. Um, you were going to bring in a quarterback at one. You wanted that Chase Daniel type. You wanted that guy who was going to spend 12, 13, 14 years in this league. Because he knows how to be part of a quarterback room. He knows how to relay information to younger guys. And, you know, Drew Stanton did a great job at this. And if his playing days are done, I wouldn't be stunned if he, you know, found a way to be on the staff. But you could always still keep him as, you know, your third quarterback who's probably not going to dress. And as we say many times, you know, everyone, oh, well, who's the backup? You know, it's going to be tough, guys, because if Baker Mayfield goes down, it might. it's probably not going to matter anyway. But Drew Stanton, these are these are guys that I I have the utmost importance and faith in and having on your roster. I know Pete feels the same way. It's just invaluable with a guy who's been in so many rooms around so many quarterbacks and just can say, oh well, you want to know what? Look, this is how he used to describe it, or you know, this is how you know, Carson Palmer used to describe it. Things of this nature, and it just gives that much more of a rolodex of information for a young quarterback if he needs it. Um, yeah, there's always an, an enhanced credibility. Uh, you know, there's just a natural with with camp and everything that happens. There, the the natural there's just a natural divide between players and coaches. It becomes sort of an us versus them type thing. And and a guy like Drew Stanton is always going to be in the us camp because he's you know he actually puts on pads, he actually plays, even albeit occasionally. Um, <laughs> and and he's not you know he's not one of them. So there's a little there's just a different angle a different level different type of credibility he has my personal opinion is i think he's your backup next year and 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 it becomes down to saving roster space um if baker mayfield goes down with a knee the season's over it doesn't matter and if it's if he's not and it let's say he gets concussed or you know he has a stinger or something that keeps him out for a couple weeks um he drew stanton can win you a football game. I, you wouldn't think so looking at his numbers, but his record is weirdly good. Um, I don't know if the answer is really going out and trying to get another dedicated backup quarterback. And even if you draft one, uh, and, and Dorsey's done this in the past, he did it with Kevin Hogan, drafted it in the fifth round, cut him, hoping to get him to the practice squad. He got snatched up by somebody else. Uh, and, and sort of bounced around. I, I, I think more likely you're going to see a day three pick type, uh, maybe the kid from Washington State, 
maybe a Drew, Drew Allen, the kid at Murray State, by, by way of Buffalo. Uh, you know, one of those type of guys where you can stick on a practice squad. They did it with Tyler Bray forever. Amazingly has a real job with the Bears. Um, you just get one of those guys, and, and Drew Stanton's still around. He can help with that. And you just sort of develop this guy. And if, at some point, he becomes too valuable. Then, yeah, you stick him on the roster, and you move from there. But unless you're, you're, you're saying that you're really worried about Mayfield getting hurt or something, you know, it, it, that becomes an extra roster spot. And those things are really valuable. And, and you go back to some of these teams – uh, the Giants for a long time uh, just had one backup for Eli because they didn't care. He was always going to be out there. Uh, that's hopefully – I would think that that would become the norm for Cleveland at least for next season. Yeah, yeah one, you know, and that's – it's something you're going to have to look to. And look, because uh, if you're even saying you want a backup for quarterback for Baker Mayfield, all right, what do I need? I need a guy with a really strong arm that can process quickly, that can reset, reload quickly. It's hard to find those guys. That's why Baker Mayfield went number one overall. Um, and I do agree. Do you, you look for somebody on day three? Yeah, I guess you. I mean, if you're going to end up heavy on picks, uh, you may not. Obviously, you're probably not going to draft eleven guys. But it's something you could pursue. Um, it's going to be difficult to even if there's a guy in free agency, because essentially you're telling the guy, hey, you know, we'll give you some money. In the grand scheme of things, I pray you never play a down for me. And yeah, I mean, yeah. who's who's signing on for that? I mean, well, in, in, unless you're Drew definitely Stanton. guys will do it. I mean, well, I mean, but you're not you're not going to end up with another Drew Stanton on the roster. No, that, look, I mean, Gary Kubiak obviously made a career of that. Steve DeBerg, when he wasn't when he wasn't executing the sweetest play action you'll ever see, was a backup for a bunch of Hall of Famers. No, I mean, look, I think they'll they'll go and get a a project. A Gardner Minshew from Washington State stands out as somebody who could be, you know, a guy that fits that. Uh, but yeah. That's that's where I'm at. I think you're really going to be a two quarterback system because you you've either got Baker Mayfield or you're boned, and you're not going to practice boned. Uh, so don't worry about it. Basically, if nothing else, they can make up for all the first team reps he didn't get this past camp. Next camp. Yeah, and and we're to the point now where look, if Baker Mayfield's QB one, I doubt anybody's even going to get a practice rep. It's just the way the guy's wired. He's just probably not going to let it happen. It will be his show day in, day out, practice in, practice rep, every, every one of them. It's just the way the guy is built. And if he's out here saying, put every drop of it on me, he's going to want every drop of the work. If he's going to put that pressure on himself, he's going to do everything he can to prepare himself to take that pressure, if it does necessarily have to come his way. Um, we will get now to number six. Now, guys, uh, you, you like to pick on Pete. Pete was on this, uh, was it November, Pete? Was it November when you finally had clinched it that Baker was the guy at one? Um, it came to fruition. Like I said, it took two and a half games. Um, if he had started, could this have been a playoff team? Sure. Um, if you had beaten Tampa and Oakland, you were a playoff team. Games were inexcusable to lose. You should have, could have easily ended up 9-6-1. Could have played this past weekend. But... You've got Baker Mayfield. This is the future of this franchise. This is the future of this city. And, I mean, except for maybe, uh, you know, a couple of blips on the radar screen 
where there were times where his own confidence can maybe be you know a, one of his worst enemies. Where you're like, whoa, what was that ball? I mean, the first half against Houston is you know is something that you know stands out in a hey they kind of had his number. Then they got him frustrated and he threw a crazy third interception in the first half. But that being said, you come back with a 350-yard second half. But six is here. He's real, and it is all, all signal upwards with Baker Mayfield as a quarterback of this franchise. So yeah, I mean Baker Mayfield, um, he processes at an incredibly high level. Even you know in minicamp, it, it, it the ball came out of his hand. It looked incredible. Uh, it just explodes. Goes exact almost always goes where he wanted to go. It always felt like he was in control. It never felt like he was overwhelmed. Um, the way he sort of handles and motivates and sort of rallies his teammates, there's just, you know, there's just a, a person there that makes it easy to root for, easy to gravitate towards. And then, you know, he does – for better or worse, I mean, you, you can call the rabbit ears what they, you know, he has rabbit ears, but at the same time, in some weird way, that lightning rod that he is, is, is working in the fact that he's taking all that sort of stuff that, that Cleveland's been sort of building up for, for decades about being, you know, overlooked and appreciated and all these things, that, you know, and he's turned it into sort of a badge of honor while sort of also taking you know, the slings and arrows from various critics away from everyone else. So it's, it's worked, uh, really well. And, and you could argue, make the argument that it's basically the perfect fit. I have no doubt that Baker would have been great anywhere, but it just, the way those things sort of came together, um, was, has been a fun ride. Um, you know, the stuff he's got to get better at, uh, road games, Big road games, first half. If you just, I'd love to see somebody break down just the splits of those games um, with Houston and, and Denver and, and, and Baltimore compared to where he is everywhere else. I mean, even in the Baltimore game, he threw for 376 yards in that. And, that, and that's what's part of what is so impressive about him, in addition to the fact he gives this team so much room for error, is that. Had a Deshaun Kaiser, had a Cody Kessler, had a Colt McCoy, had any of these guys thrown for 376 yards, that would be a big deal for a month, regardless of the result. <laughs> With Baker Mayfield, that wasn't even the story. Like he just the things he's able to do are so commonplace and and almost easy for him. That some of the things he's able to do, you you start taking for granted. Um, the rookie record for touchdown passes is a big deal, and I don't know that we've really sort of even let that really sink into just how incredible he is. The fact he's doing that thirteen point five years. The fact that if he had played all season, he likely would have broken most every single season single season record for yardage touchdowns completions everything like and and he will have all those records basically the first year he plays 16 games um the level the the the, the easiest way to sort of 
explain how special Baker Mayfield is. You watch a game uh, with with Lamar Jackson. You watch a game with Josh Allen. You watch a game with Josh Rosen. And I'd extend this to like the likes of Josh to uh, to uh, Mitch Trubisky. That when they do things, it's oh my god, look at he did this thing. And then when he do something horribly wrong, it's well, he's, you know, young guys make mistakes. It's almost like this cute thing, like they're puppies. You know, oh, you made a mess. Well, you know, he's he's a puppy. Whereas Baker Mayfield, and this happened almost immediately, when he plays bad, he gets crushed. And 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 I'm not saying that's unfair. I'm saying that's the level he's put himself up to already. Where it's fair to say, when when the guy plays badly in spite of the fact he's a rookie because that's how good he is where all these other guys have this huge handicap and Baker Mayfield's already already talked about in terms of being graded with you know the the guys who can get it done consistently like you know when when we when, when you're looking at the Ravens game or the or the Texans game it's not well, you know, he did all these things really well and and he did it's well if he doesn't make these mistakes chances are they win the game that's how much further along he is than everybody else. He's he at no point in this season, other than like a quarter or two at at various points, did he ever play like a rookie? He's well advanced beyond his age, and and the the question with Baker Mayfield, which is how far, how good can he get? And to me, I think the sky's the limit. But weirdly enough, even during the season, I, there were people wondering if if he'd be somehow limited by his lack of physical ability as if that's what's going to stop him. He can throw the ball almost 60 miles an hour. He can do all these things. He can escape pressure. He's incredibly fast delivering the football. And, and even when people were seeing it, they weren't sure if he, he quite had enough. And I would hope that discussion is over, but I know it's not going to be because somebody's going to do something in the playoffs uh, and, and, and the comparisons are going to come, which, again, to me – I'm totally fine with bring all the criticisms you want because not only is he going to get better, but the fact that we are already so hard on him, relatively speaking, is an indication of, wow, this kid's good. 100%. Um, guys, I do want to uh, mention the Locked On uh, NFL Draft Show. Trevor Sakema, John Ledyard, uh, they both do a fantastic job over there. Um, we are in draft season, guys. We are. Uh, you know, I know somebody still, somebody is still riding the high from the regular season, and by all means, do it. Um, but this year, the draft isn't the, oh my God, please save us. This is the, okay, let's get these final pieces in and go looking for dinner. And John Ledyard, Trevor Sakema, they do a fantastic job on Locked On Drafts, so put that in your rotation. A couple things to close with on Baker Mayfield here. Pete brought up the Ravens game. Ravens gave up three 300-yard passers this year. Baker Mayfield did it twice. Um, You drafted him. He walked in here. And the second he came here, it didn't feel like a 1-31 in team anymore. He didn't think it. He didn't believe it. And even if that was the case, it's not going to be that way anymore. I am not part of football like that. So, so this team is not going to be part of football like that, and this team was not part of football like that. Um, the arm strength uh, that Pete brought up, the second longest pass in the NFL this year was thrown by Baker Mayfield on the deep one against Carolina to Brashad Perriman. It was the second longest tracked pass in the NFL this season. So arm strength is there for days. Um, he's probably 
a top 10 quarterback in the league right now. And this is after 13 and a half games. And, you know, and keep in mind, his first few starts were in utter chaos that you would never want a rookie quarterback to be in. Got with Freddie. Things got right. There was, you know, the offensive line play improved. The play calling improved. They learned to use every color on the palette. He became the ultimate painter, painter, not just a black and white guy where, you know, you see these quarterbacks who put up good numbers, but only two guys are involved. Everybody was involved. Every 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 specialist unit, wide receiver, tight end, running back, every one of these guys got an opportunity to make plays, and that's the way Baker does it, uses everybody. The pick was, it was more than a home run, and it was more than you could ever expect to have your number one overall hit, number one overall pick hit. It's even more than that, what he has done. <clears throat> I mean, I know a lot of people with the culture change, and everybody loves that phrase. There's nobody more responsible for it than six. There is not one person. So I this continued relationship that Freddie Kitchen and Baker Mayfield with what you've got going on defense, with the playmakers you got on offense, it's it's just a great time, guys. And be excited, Pete. Is there anything we didn't get to? No, I don't think so. I think you know, <laughs> it's now now it's just waiting and seeing, and then uh, you know making uninformed opinions about what we think is going to happen and how good good of a hire everybody is. When and we and know just one other thing nothing. here, and the same thing, though, when everybody kept asking about the head coach search, guys, it's even going to be harder with guys who are going to come in as a defensive coordinator or if somebody's going to come in and fill an offensive coordinator spot. Because now you're talking about you know assistants as opposed to coordinators. There's just not much you really know about these guys. Look, guys, I love Derek Bieniemy until one day Ben Albright unloaded a... Basically, just dumped the dude's trash out on the timeline. Which, look, you know, I'm not blaming Ben. He's got a job to do, but none of us knew it. And once all that came out, I was like, "Well, all right. Well, I liked Eric Bieniemy. Now, no, I don't." And so, and that's the thing with the assistant coaches. I mean, and we've seen assistant coaches get jobs in 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 multiple sports. I mean, what didn't Wally Backman back in the day got a managerial job, and you know. 30 hours later, they found out the guy gets drunk every night and beats his wife around two to three nights a week. So, I mean, some of this stuff doesn't come out on these lesser-known names. So, look, there's, you know, obviously there's going to be coaches to be added. And that's when we can get the opportunity to go to talk to some guys in different media who may know them and, and get some feedback on them. Because a lot of times, guys, you know, I can talk to guys who cover a team and ask them, you know, about an assistant coach. And I can ask them now. But the first thing they're going to say is, uh, please, look, uh, you know, whoever's paying me wouldn't appreciate me giving out this information now on this guy while he's still employed by the team You know that I'm paid to cover. These are things that happen with that type of stuff, so it does make it difficult. But go ahead, Pete. No, the only other thing I, I would point to is the fact that this is, you know, this isn't a shitty job. So... And and you did come that close. So what 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 does this job now come with? Well, it comes with expectations. Your expectation is you make the playoffs. That is an element that has not been here for a while. A while, um, not since two thousand eight, really. So that will be an, an, another dy- dynamic, and I don't think that's unfair. And I don't think they they won't be up to it. But that's that's the other ingredient here, which I think for a lot of these guys is going to be fuel as opposed to you know reason to be nervous 100 percent. 
Um, guys, we're going to put a bow on this here. Pete Smith, obviously, all the work over at NFL Spin Zone. Read it there. Follow him at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Um, Alexa, Surrey, ask him. Ask him to fire up Locked On Browns for you with Pete Smith. We're uh, you know you're going to get two episodes this afternoon. I'm going to have these out here shortly. Um, so you know you can do it that way. Alexa, Surrey, they will play the episodes for you. Um, anything you need from the Locked On NFL Network accounts on Instagram, on Twitter, everything from me and all the other hosts of the show uh, funneled through those accounts. The Locked On Browns Twitter account, we always keep it follow back, guys. Flood me there with questions. Flood me there with DMs. I do my best to return every single one of them. Follow me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Um, iTunes, ratings, reviews, they're huge. Um, and they're appreciated. They help with the show growth. And guys, it, we're only moving onward and upward here. The show continues to take off. I was a little nervous how the offseason was going to go to this point. But you guys are heavily into it. And like I told you, as long as you guys are heavily into it, we're going to continue to go to work and give you solid contact uh, content. So you've gotten your, uh, your review here on the quarterbacks. I mean, sorry, on the head coach. Uh, you know, on some assistance and things are going to go that way. You've gotten your uh, quarterback review, Baker Mayfield, Tyrod Taylor, Drew Stenton. We, we hit to those. You know, what, what could be done next year to be added to that room where I think, you know, some, somehow, some way, somebody's probably going to come into it. We'll see. Um, so, but that is everything here. Uh, big day, Freddie Kitchens, your new head coach of the Cleveland Browns. And as we always say, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.